This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made For This Podcast. Thanks to Rothy's for supporting Made For This. Rothy's comfortable, washable, and sustainable shoes and bags make getting dressed easy. Check out all the amazing shoes, bags, and masks available right now at rothys.com slash made for this. And now, here's Jenny. All right, you guys, you are in for such a treat today because we are talking about marriage. And guys... Marriage and parenting are the biggest topics that people want me to write about, that people want me to talk about. And the reason why is because you are struggling and it's your everyday life. Now, before you turn us off singles, I want you to listen and hang on because the next episode this week is for you. It is about dating and marrieds. I want you to be sure and listen to that episode too. We need to have better conversations where we're both present, right? You need to hear what it feels like for people that are waiting to to get married and they're having a hard time and they're figuring out how to online date right now in the midst of COVID. You got to hear Jonathan Pakluda, my friend JP, talk about dating and it's going to be awesome. So that's on Thursday. But this week, right now, we're talking about marriage. And it's one of my favorite topics because it is probably the biggest miracle in my personal life I've ever seen is our marriage going from something that I was enduring to something that is the best marriage I could imagine it being. In fact, at church, we get asked the question every year, like, you know, they check in in our relationships. We kind of fill out this survey of how we're doing to up our membership again. And my husband and I fill it out. We we had just moved to Dallas and I asked him, I was like, so what'd you put on that marriage question? It was like a one to 10. How's your marriage? And mine was a nine. And I almost, I if there was a nine and a half, I would have put a nine and a half. I mean, that's how good I think our marriage is. And he was like a seven. I was like, oh my gosh. And the bad part is, y'all, they took that question off the test we take every year, the survey. And so he's never been able to lift it. But I do ask him every year, like, what are we this year? And he said, Jenny, if I put a nine, I mean, where would we have to go? But he, he is so happy. He's fine. I just cannot wait to talk about this. And Zach's not here. I wish he were. It wasn't part of the plan. He doesn't love doing this. So we kind of have to twist his arm and pay him a lot of money. Just kidding. But we have to twist his arm pretty hard to get him in the studio and he's not here today. But I'm kind of owning that. And and every single time I've ever talked about marriage, Zach's been here. So this is going to be a good one. You're going to want to pull your husband in to listen to this because what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you what we've learned and how he has gone from a person that I didn't know that I felt distant from in the first five plus years of our marriage to my best friend and to a person who... Like if anything happens to him, like watch out, like I, I will go underground and no one will hear from me again because I, I just, he is my best friend and we have the closest marriage and he is in every part of life with me and we are 
quite a little team now. So, but to give you a picture in case you haven't heard our story, and I'd encourage you to go back and listen to he and I both talk about it in other episodes. But but if you haven't heard, it started pretty rough. We never lived in the same town. We got married young. And the first five years, I just felt completely shut down. I did not feel known by him. He was um, not emotional at all. In fact, he stuffed all emotions and really believed emotions were bad. And I'm very emotional, as y'all know. So I was lost and I was losing myself and I was miserable. And there were times where I felt so backed into a corner and just so unhappy that I did fantasize about our marriage no longer being there. And I wouldn't have left him because of my convictions, but I would have without those convictions for sure. I mean, that's how unhappy I was and how hard our marriage was. And so praise God, you know, I think it was year five or six, we we started going to counseling and spent a year and a half at that point in our lives in counseling and now just are not afraid to go back to it regularly and often and talk about absolutely everything. He's a whole different human. He's very emotional now and connected relationally and emotionally now, but he had to learn that and that took time and that took effort on his part and a decision on his part. It also just took a lot of us prioritizing each other's needs and what does it look like to to put each other above ourselves. And that is a process I think every married couple has to go through. It's not easy or, you know, marriages would have a better success rate. It is hard to learn that. And some people never really want to or do it. And and those people, it's not a problem of your spouse. It's a problem of, you know, you'll have that same problem with anyone you marry. So learning to live unselfishly is not in our nature. It does not come easily, but it's something that every single person on earth needs to know, but especially every married person needs to know how to do. So what I want to do today is just talk about why we have a good marriage and why I think it's possible for anyone to have a good marriage. And I know some of you are listening right now and laughing or you're just shaking your head or maybe you're bawling. I don't know what that just made you feel, but you just don't think that that's possible for you. I've had several friends and I get it because that was me. I, I couldn't, when we were that bad, I couldn't imagine what would make us better and how it would ever be better. We were so stuck and it felt so isolating, but it can be. And I have good friends that say those things to me when I believe over their marriage that it could change. Now that change sometimes takes a lot of work. That change almost always takes commitment to counseling and to possibly dealing with sin and and patterns of sin that you've been comfortable with for a long, long time. It takes causing other things to not thrive because you're going to prioritize your marriage. And I think that is, you know, it's something that we don't talk about enough. My husband always says counseling works if it works because it takes two people committed to make this work and to change and to understand each other and to lean in. Then if one of them is, it's hard. It's real hard to... <laughs> cause call that a win because you're never you're only ever going to be you know continually hurt by the other person who is not in it with you but the bible still calls us to you know minus abuse which that is a whole different situation and i would really encourage you to get help and to report that and to talk to somebody about that quickly but it is so hard y'all and we're coming off of covid and i know for some of you you are hanging on by a thread You are hanging on by a thread. And so here are a few things that I would encourage you to do if that's you. If you feel like, you know what, my marriage is so difficult. I don't know if we're going to make it. Or if you are more like, you know what, I don't think of my husband as my best friend and I don't enjoy our marriage. I just feel like we're kind of roommates. This episode is for you. 
And honestly, it's for you even if you have a great marriage because maybe there'll be one thing you take away that you don't do that you might should. So the first thing y'all all know, this is a big passion of mine, is get a counselor. Now that doesn't have to be a paid counselor, but for some people that have been through really, really big difficulties, if that's maybe sexual abuse in your past or the inability to have sex in your marriage, or you know maybe there was an affair, or even just maybe you're talking about years and years and years of, of not having a healthy marriage, you probably need to pay for it. <laughs> but I would encourage you to to find a marriage class to sign up for to in your church. Someone with a Christian worldview, I think is essential so that you actually come together over what is true and what is good and right, what God says, and to keep people handy that you can be honest with. Right now, that role is being best played in our small group. We're talking about any fight that we have. It's awesome when somebody shows up at small group and and they're like, we had a fight. Everybody like closes the books and they're like, okay, let's go. Let's hash it out. And we do that with each other. It's crazy. I know not everybody has that, but maybe you could find one older couple that you do trust that's wise, that has a great marriage and begin to open that and and discuss things. And y'all, it takes time. It's not going to, your marriage isn't going to get healed in one session or a month of sessions. Like for us, it was a year and a half of showing up every single week. We were poor seminary students. I do not know looking back how we afforded that. I mean, it was fish and loaves. Like God had to, we just didn't do anything else. We didn't go out to eat. Like we drove into town and our date night was, you know, a cheap cheeseburger and counseling. That's what we paid for because it was a priority to us. And my gosh, I want to go back and hug that Zach and Jenny, the newlywed Zach and Jenny and be, or five-year married Zach and Jenny and say, thank you. Thank you for paying for that. Thank you for choosing that. Thank you for getting the babysitter and making that a priority because it has changed the next few decades of our lives. Get a counselor. It is worth it. Have somebody. And here's why. Because you're both coming at each other with your own hurts, your own feelings, your own life experiences from growing up. You're coming at each other instead of hearing each other. You both have things to say and you can't hear each other because you can't even understand each other. What a counselor should do, what a great counselor should do is be a great interpreter. So you know what I hear her saying? I don't hear her being irrational and emotional. I hear her having a very valid need that all humans have. And she wants to be understood and she's not feeling heard and it feels like she's invisible and all of a sudden he's like huh okay well I don't want her to feel that way but the same words could have come out of your mouth and he couldn't hear them because he thinks you're being irrational whatever you know I mean it's different for everybody but I do feel like what what an interpreter does is kind of give validation to to what each other's feeling and what each other's saying and how do we understand each other better so get a counselor paid or not, but have that person in your life that you can go to when you get stuck because you will. There will be times that you just disagree, that you lose your mind over how to make a decision about moving or a job or a child. There'll be a time when when you're going through depression and he is not sensitive and you don't know how to cause him to be. There'll be a time where he is going through stuff at work where he sinks in a dark hole and you don't know what to do to help him. There will be a time that that it gets unthinkably hard. And for some of you, I know it's way worse than this. It's affairs that you're overcoming and, and things that, you know, betrayal that that feels impossible to ever recover. You know, I, I, I get that. Unfortunately, I get that because in our family, we've walked through that. My sister, um, another episode you can go find, my sister walked through a divorce that that absolutely was the most difficult thing in the world. I just think it is like tearing flesh. It just is so, so, so painful. It never quits being painful. So we know about that as well. And and I can just tell you in all the cases, having outside 
support and help is necessary in a marriage. The next thing we do, and we're very disciplined about, is we build a life together. And what I mean by that is we build things into our lives that we do together. We sit down together and plan our year. There are lots of times because we have kids that that need us that we can't both go places, but there are a lot of times we get a sitter and we both go because we want to be together. Um, my kids laugh all the time. They're like, we're going to have to go to counseling because our parents like liked each other too much and loved each other too much and ignored us. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I don't think any counselor is going to feel that sorry for you because one, we didn't ignore him, but they did see us constantly having fun together, constantly choosing to be together. We go on dates all the time, all the time. Once our kids, once we didn't have to pay for a babysitter, we were like, uh, here's some pizza. See y'all later. Where are you going? We're just going out. <laughs> we just go out, spur of the moment. We love being together and our kids know it. And they, you know, the older they get, I think if anything, it's just made their standards so high because they want to find somebody they feel that way about. But I, you know, I do like him and he likes me and we've worked through our hurt and he's a man that follows God and and we care about similar things. Not always. I mean, there are so many times that I'm listening and I'm like, I really don't care about what he's talking about right now, but I'm going to listen and I'm going to nod and I'm going to try to understand, even though I really don't care about this business venture that he's talking about right now. Some of them I do, but some of them are really boring. <laughs> and so I think what it looks like, though, is just prioritizing him and him prioritizing me and letting him into my problems, letting him into my life. Some of you are thinking, I can't do that. My husband wouldn't know what to say. My husband doesn't know how to emotionally engage. Try it and then tell him how to engage. Guys, for so many years, part of our counseling therapy was was say what you need. Like, don't just emotionally like break down and and cry about something and then expect him to respond perfectly say I'm going to share something with you and I need you just to listen or I'm going to share something with you and I need your advice I need you to tell me what to do give them handles tell them this is how what I need from you right now that's I'm saying this to husbands and to wives both of you like tell each other what you need from each other okay and that leads us to the next one learn how to have sex well. I know some of you are like, oh my gosh, she's going to talk about sex. I am. You might need to turn it down if the kids are listening. But we cannot talk about marriage and not talk about sex. Guys, I don't know where Christians go to learn to have sex well, but do you know how many of you tell me that you have sex like once a month or once every year? No, no, that is not okay. This is why your husbands are going to listen to this now. They, they just, they're like, yes, Jenny Allen is a great podcaster. She loves God and humanity. Yeah, I I get it. Listen, I've heard it all. For some reason, I am like a lot of people's sex counselor, okay? I don't know how that role came into being, except that I'm just not afraid to talk about anything. And so I've heard it all, y'all. It's not like I am unsympathetic to this situation. I have heard everything. I know for some of you, it is so real. You need therapy. You have been through abuse. You have been through things that, of course, it taints sex for you. It is not safe. Some of you, your marriages have been through so much trauma that of course you don't feel safe physically with somebody. Listen, get help. I am not suggesting that you just, you know, pretend that's not there and not work through it. You need to heal. Like that's real. That is valid and real. And if you're listening, men, that is you guys, the greatest tool you have to love your wife into wholeness is to help her, is to say, I'm here and I want to find the right person to talk to and and to treat it seriously because that's really real for a lot of women, okay? That's one category. Now to the rest of you that just maybe don't like sex. Guys, 
y'all get a book, figure it out because it's awesome. Like learning how to have good sex is so awesome and you want to do it. That's all I can say about it. You want to learn how to have good sex, okay? And I will say that our marriage is so much easier and more fun because of sex. And I know women, you're like, what's the point? Like, it's just this insatiable thing that he wants or something. I don't know. I think lots of women want sex more than men or more than their husbands. I've heard that story too. So I don't think there's a stereotype here, but some of you just don't. And I would say one, get your hormones checked, make sure there's nothing physically going on. And then two, deal with any emotional issues. And then three, if this is just your lot in life, make sure you're having good sex. Like, I mean it, read a book together, talk about it and make sure Y'all are doing it right out there. I know y'all are dying right now that I'm telling y'all all this, but it needs to be said. It needs to be said because it can be great. And and the fruit of it is not just physical intimacy. The fruit of it is that he's your best friend or she's your best friend and you are going through life together and you have this connection that you don't have with anybody else and you eat together and raise a family together and you travel together and you laugh together and you work together. You know, it's just this unique, it's supposed to be this unique picture of oneness that is fun and a reward and joyful. And so I just, I would really encourage you not to settle for an absent sex life and not to settle for a hard or uncomfortable sex life. And I think a lot of people are in those two categories in their marriages and don't settle for that. Talk to a counselor, seek help, see a doctor, like go find help. And of my friends that have done that, there are many of them that have healed, that have been proactive and have great sex lives. And that's just to give you hope that it doesn't have to be hard forever. Hey guys, when this shoe company called us recently and said, can we partner with you for the Made for This podcast? I think Jenny and I both squealed because we were so excited to talk to you guys about Rothy's because we love wearing their shoes. What we love about Rothy's shoes is that they are so comfortable with zero break-in period. So you can take them right out of the box, put them on your foot, and it feels like you've had them for years. They have the cutest sneakers and shoes, and Jenny and I both got the point. And if you go look at the point, they have the cutest prints and colors. I got some hot pink ones. Jenny got some camo ones. But their point in black has over 3,000 near-perfect reviews. That's how comfortable they are. Not only are Rothy's made from plastic water bottles, which is really awesome, but a major bonus is that they're fully machine washable. So, you know, after a few years, your flats get a little tired. You can throw these right in the washing machine. So check out all the amazing shoes, bags, and masks available right now at rothys.com slash made for this. That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash made for this. Style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash made for this today. Okay, this next one, I'm going to cover several different things that we learn to do well later in life. We learn to solve problems well. Now, let me give you some of the problems. Finances, in-laws, how we celebrate birthdays and Christmases. Y'all, this was all stuff in our pre-marriage counseling. And so we had talked about it. We'd done the things you're supposed to do. But when it comes to a sacred thing that you hold and your husband doesn't or or your wife doesn't, all of a sudden it's like, 
oh, it doesn't matter what's rational. It doesn't matter. You talked about it when you were young and naive and in love and wanting to get married. In that moment, it feels like you have an enemy and not a friend. We had to learn conflict resolution. We had to learn how to solve problems together, how to make compromises, how to work in an understanding way with each other when we disagree. That is probably the greatest tool we've learned in marriage that saved us because the first few years, every little and big fight was the most disastrous thing. I mean, we wouldn't talk for days. I would, there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. I won't say who it was, but it was me. It was just so hard. It was like we didn't have the tools to get to stuck places that we were continually getting to week after week after week. So not only did we have a distant marriage, but when we did connect, it was like, ah, we were so stuck. We could not solve the problems. So I would encourage you in this regard to do the work here. Like, what does it look like to have healthy conflict resolution? Set some ground rules, you know? So for us, it was things like, one, we never talk about it at night. I know there's a verse that says, don't let the sun go down in your anger. We just had to, to let things go and do it in the morning because we just always, things blew up and got more emotional. So we just set these ground rules. The next ground rule we had was for a while, we would write out what it was we were feeling and what what it was that we wanted to happen because we, we, well, specifically I would get so emotional that I wasn't good at communicating in those moments and I felt kind of pushed around and I felt like he was winning an argument. And so I said, I need to write down what I'm feeling and what I want to communicate so that you can read it and we can talk about it rather than me feeling like I kept getting you know, run over. And so, so I don't know what your communication problems are, but, but each of you should kind of have, these are the, these are the things I need when we get stuck. And when we get into a conversation that's heated, I need to back up and I need, maybe I need some time. Maybe for you, you need another person present, like a referee, somebody to, to help you fight well. Maybe you need to draw some parameters around what you can and can't say to each other. You know, some of you have tempers and, and that temper is so intimidating to that other person that they will stuff their problems for so long because they don't want to be cussed at and they don't want to be yelled at. And so maybe there's just even some ground rules around the tone of voice you use and the words you can't say and and that trigger the other person. So, you know, at the end of the day, I, I would imagine everybody listening, male and female, want healthy marriages, that that is your goal and that is your desire. And what keeps you from that, you would want to solve. I, I mean, I just kind of work with that assumption. Now, you may not believe you can, or you may have been hurt for so long that you don't like that person anymore and you just can barely stand them. Okay. But all of that's healable. All of that is over time and with two people that are committed that that are not in an abusive situation or a situation that that's dangerous. That can be worked out, but there's got to be parameters and guidelines and things that are set um, that, that cause thriving and for that to happen. So, you know, I think learning to solve problems together, whatever they are, um, financial, to make agreements together and to keep those agreements and to recognize that that what doesn't feel like a big deal to you but is a big deal to your spouse, take it seriously. Treat it like a big deal because that we're all coming at things from a different perspective. And, and you know, we do something and it feels like no big deal. It was, it was I remember when we got married and sometimes this even still happens. Zach will go to bed before he turns, you know, turns all the lights out and locks up the house and, and he'll just, you know, go to sleep. And I was so angry about it. I was like, I cannot believe you, you didn't lock the, I'm downstairs. Okay. I can do this. I'm an adult. I'm not that weak of a vessel. Like I'm pretty strong. I can turn out the lights and I can lock the doors. 
but I would get so hurt and I would literally keep bringing it to him. Like, I cannot believe you don't like close up the house. And and finally he said, why is this such a big deal to you? Like you can do it. It takes one minute. Like just you're downstairs. Just do it. Well, I look back in my childhood and my daddy would not go to sleep until the doors were locked the lights were out and it was such a sign. He had three daughters and it was such a sign of his protection over us. It was such a image of like, I got y'all, like I'm going to protect you. <laughs> so rather than, you know, once we talked about it, I was like, gosh, that's not really rational. Like you are, you are so protective of us and you love us so much. But, but somehow I was triggered by that, that that was something as if, you know, it turned into a bigger deal than it was in my head because of my childhood, because of what I deeply wanted to feel, which was protection, which he gives me all the time. He gives us all the time, but some nights he just goes to bed first, you know, <laughs> and he didn't mean it as a big deal, but, but I took it as something that was deeply personal and he just feels like I'm overreacting. And I was, because as I talked about it, I was like, yeah, I don't really want you to turn the lights out on me. <laughs> so I, I just think we've got to get better at, at processing what we're really feeling, where it's coming from and solving problems together. And here's the biggest thing I want you to take away from this is marriage is hard. As much as Zach is my best friend now, I hope that gives you hope and not jealousy or discontentment in where you are because I know I might not have been very encouraged by hearing about other people's great marriages when we were in that dark place. But I also want to give a vision that it's possible. But as much as we are in a good place, I would say it's still so hard. There are so many small and big places where we you know, push each other's buttons and and hurt each other and and really disagree on things. I mean, this last week it was we both were kind of yelling at each other about a decision that we disagreed with each other on and it was important. It was for one of our kids and it hurt me and he made the final call and and I just I was mad and I let him know it. So I I, I get that this this will never, there's not some place where you're going to land where it's just real easy for a man and a woman to be married forever together. But God knew that there was something powerful in a man and a woman coming together and making a family. I mean, it, it is a miracle that that was his plan. And I think how it works for us, I mean, I've got a man who has done the work. He is not threatened by me. He leads me, but he does not hold me back. He believes in me and he sends me to build the kingdom of God. I know that is not normal for everybody, but he dealt with his demons. Y'all, there was a point where he did not want to do that and he was bitter and he did not want to be the one doing the dishes that night while I was out teaching. And he went to war with that in himself. And he he came back from that season of what he would say was like a dark night of the soul. And he And he said, hey, Jenny, I want to build the kingdom of God and I want you to go and I want you to run and we'll figure it out together. And and we do. And there's times that he runs. It's an ebb and a flow. I mean, he's busier than me right now. I'm at home in my pajamas podcasting today and he's out with five meetings. So it's an ebb and a flow. And we kind of just work together and we're in this life together and we're building ground rules for how we engage and we're having lots of sex. We are. I know. I know. I know some of you want to kill me right now for that part of this, but it's possible. We are on mission together and it's fun. And and I say all that simply to give you hope and to make you want to fight for it, to make you want to pay for that counselor, to make you want to get help, to make you want to sit down and say, okay, let's have a better marriage. I want you to have those conversations. I want us to have a church alive on earth that has fantastic marriages that reflect God and his goodness. So 
I love you guys. Zach and I love you guys. We pray for you all the time. We will, especially as this episode is airing, because I know this is a loaded, hard topic. In fact, I imagine all of you have all kinds of th- things to say to us, and I cannot wait to hear them. So please send us your your comments and your thoughts. This was more of an episode of practical life, right? This was, I didn't talk about the Bible as much, um, but all of this is biblical to me, that there is a vision for the way we live this out, but it is messy. It is not easy. It is not sanitary. It is not clean. It is messy. And that's okay. And I don't, I think that's probably one of the best things about our marriage is we talk about it and we aren't afraid to go to the hard places. Hey, thanks for being part of this community, guys. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for you. If 2021 is coming and you're not going to want to miss it, please, please go sign up today. It is March 5th and 6th and tell your friends, have them join you in some form or fashion, whether that's virtually or in your backyard or in your living room. We are so grateful for you. We are praying for you out there. And I am so hopeful that this is going to encourage you, lift your head and remind you that we are going to be okay. We've got a job to do. So again, March 5th and 6th, go get your ticket at if2021.com. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com.